morning, UUCC family, friends, and guests. My name is Lori Coultry, and I'm taking my mask off. And my pronouns are she and her. I am honored to serve as the second vice president of your board of trustees. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. As we begin, we honor the Piscataway people and their ancestors. It is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, minister, as well as a talented and dedicated team of religious educators, musicians, and other professional staff. Much appreciation goes out to the many lay leaders and volunteers whose incredible efforts and dedication help keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. We particularly welcome any guests joining worship this morning. We encourage you to fill out the visitors form in the lobby or online and connect with others in the virtual or in-person social hour following the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending service in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence any electronic devices that you have. And now, here are today's special announcements. Registration is now open to reserve your paddle to bid on items at the 43rd UUCC auction, happening Saturday, November 12th. Visit the auction webpage to register to become a bidder and submit your auction donations by the deadline of Saturday, November 5th. UUCC's six-week drop-in style newcomer class continues at 11.30 today in the music room downstairs. If you're looking to get connected with others and learn more about UUCC and Unitarian Universalism, we invite you to join us for today's class. Today's topic will be getting connected in congregational life and will be led by Reflection Group leader Jerry Resigno and UUCC members, including me. <laughs> Join the UU The Vote today at noon, right here in Sanctuary C, for a screening of Bending the Ark, The Vote, a powerful, well-produced account of the Alabama voting rights struggles and the events leading up to the march from Selma to Montgomery, including the important role played by Unitarian Universalists. After the film, UUCC member Jill Christensen will lead a discussion. Then in the interests of combining learning with doing, we will be preparing postcards to Howard County voters. Join us for what promises to be an inspiring afternoon. And finally, UUCC's annual Halloween party for the entire Owen Brown community is back and you are invited. For years, the youth of UUCC have been planning and executing an annual Halloween party for the Owen Brown community members of all ages. This October, the tradition is back in its new and improved outdoor format. Next Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m., join us for a free, family-friendly Halloween event. Come take a haunted museum tour with one of our guides, enjoy fall-time carnival games with prizes, and enjoy candy and crafts in the party tent. We can't wait to celebrate this Halloween season with you. This is a fully outdoor event for the whole family. Costumes are welcome and encouraged. 
Thank you. Good morning, UUCC. All of you here in the room and the many of you who have gathered from somewhere else via Zoom, welcome this morning. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and it is my great privilege to serve as minister of this congregation and to worship with all of you today. If you're in the sanctuary and are having trouble hearing and would be helped by a hearing assist device, please get one of those from the sound booth in the back. The tech guys would be glad to help you out with that. Everyone can follow along in the order of service on your own mobile device using the QR code that's going to appear on the screen. So please make use of that if you'd like to follow along. And also remember what Lori, the invitation you heard from Lori to complete the visitor form if you haven't already so we can stay in touch with one another throughout the week. And notice that we are going to be celebrating on, or honoring, in some cases, our personal joys and sorrows pretty early in the service today. So if you have a joy or a sorrow that you would like to have voiced, please write it in the book at the back of the sanctuary or send it via email to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net. A special thanks this morning to everyone who's contributing either by volunteering on the tech team or in hospitality, or who has contributed to the service. Today's service was a, an effort of every member of the staff. There are seven of us on the paid staff of UUCC. And for example, each one of us chose one of the playlist songs, either one of the four you heard before the service or one of the three that you'll hear after the service. So thank you all for your contributions. And now I invite you to take a steadying breath as we prepare ourselves in body and mind and spirit to worship together. Last spring, most of the members of your paid staff participated in a Renaissance program offered by the Unitarian Universalist Association on the topic dimensions of faith development. Through that program, we deepened our understanding of how the principles of human growth and development apply to our religious faith and in our relationships as members of religious communities. Because just as persons live through stages of psychological, emotional, and social development as they age, our faith develops over time. Good morning, Ezra. I'm glad to see you. And our religious institutions serve hopefully in ways that are helpful, but sometimes in ways that are unhelpful in that faith development. As a staff team, we are here to serve, not only ourselves, but a larger purpose. We serve the congregation's mission. We serve Unitarian Universalism. We serve you as individuals, but also as a community. And our work, all our work, requires that we remain committed to growth and learning so that we remain relevant and meaningful to you and to all of those whom we serve. So today, we as a staff team are inviting you to think about your own faith development and how what we do together as a congregation is the work of faith development. You're gonna hear stories and reflections from each member of the staff this morning, reminding us that faith development is not just the minister's job, not just the religious educator's job, but all of ours and yours. So let us open ourselves to this worship experience.
I wonder if one of you over there who's age 10 or younger might like to come up and light this chalice. Just come on up. Any, any one of you or all of you together would be even fabulouser. Thank you. Thank you, Helena and Riley and Ace and Stephen. This flaming chalice is a historical and universal symbol of our Unitarian Universalist faith tradition. And today we dedicate it with these words of Connie Goodbread, who reminds us that everything we do is faith formation. Everything we teach is Unitarian Universalism. The congregation is the curriculum. in body or in spirit. We're going to join our voices now in speaking the words of our congregational covenant as we remind ourselves of these promises that bind us together as a community of faith. And then I'm going to invite you to turn and greet one another gently and with kindness. Strengthened by our and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. Before you take your seats, will you say hello to one another and good morning to all of you on Zoom. You also may say hello to one another. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Have you used it? Morning. Good morning. Causes uterine cancer. Good morning. That's why a lot of black people. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning, everybody. Hey, Phil, how you doing, buddy? Good morning. My name is Robin Slaw. I'm your director of religious education, and I'd like to invite the children to come on down here because we're going to play a game. All right. So today, part of our discussion today is about choices. And choices can be really hard. Sometimes. Sometimes they're easy. Like I know if I like chocolate or vanilla bitter, that's easy. I can make that choice really fast. But other times, we have to think through the consequences when we make choices. So stand up. I should have just had you keep standing up. We're going to try this game. All right. So 
Kelly's going to be on one side, and Paige is going to be on the other side. I want you to think about, would you rather be an ant or an elephant? Go walk. Think for a second, and then go to the side where you would rather be. Would you rather be an ant or an elephant? This is hard, right? There's a lot of people over on the, on the ant side. I can't wait to come hear from you. Okay, why did you guys choose the elephant side? You don't know? Okay, that's okay. Do you? Because they're bigger. Because they're bigger. Okay. I would have chosen elephants too because I like elephants because they all, um, the moms together make a really amazing community. That's why I would have chosen it. All right, over here. Why did you all choose ant? Yeah, go ahead. Ants can carry all kinds of things. They can carry, what, like 10 times their body weight or something? It's a huge amount. Yeah, you're all nodding me. Thank you. I remembered my bio. That's pretty good. Because they get to eat other people's food. Ah. Yeah, if they come to picnics, they get really good stuff, right? Yeah. Do you want to? Um, I don't know. That's okay. That's all right. Helena? You like the small and tiny part. All right, so we had, thank you guys. You can come on back and sit down. Um, so we had some people that like size made a difference. Other people, what might happen if they became that creature, right? So there's a story about Adam and Eve in the Bible. It's actually two different stories about Adam and Eve in the Bible. And it's a story about a tree of knowledge and making difficult choices. And so one of the stories makes it seem like Eve chose to eat the fruit from the forbidden tree because it was a forbidden, God said, don't eat it. And that meant that God tossed Adam and Eve out of paradise. And that's called original sin. And that means we're born guilty and we'll be attracted to doing bad things or making bad choices. I don't like that story very much. There's another story in Genesis, though, about creation and making humans like God. And this is a different story. The other story goes like this. God was in the darkness before there was anything else in it at all. No dust, nothing. And God spoke, and there was light and God separated it from darkness. And then each day, God did something else, making the sun and moon, the stars, the earth, the land, the water, the plants, the fish, the animals, and people. And when it came time to make people, God said this, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Who was God talking to? Who knows? Smart people have been debating this for a long, long time. So God made humankind in God's image and then blessed them. Where's the disobedience? Where's the punishment? See, this is the Unitarian Universalist side, this second story where God blessed humans 
And then he also gave them the ability to make difficult choices. And that's what we, you use, believe. Whether you believe in the story of Adam and Eve or not, we believe that we're born with a blessing, not in sin. We start out with good inside us, not bad, and that we should ask questions and learn our entire lives. So in that story of the tree of knowledge, Eve has to make a decision. The snake comes and talks to her about eating the fruit from that tree of knowledge. It's a tough decision. Do you know what you would decide? So I wonder, which choice would you make? Would you choose knowledge or paradise? Knowledge or paradise? I wonder. All right. I like to think of Eve as someone who decided that knowledge was more important than paradise. I think I would have chosen to eat that apple and to share it with everyone around me. So we'll ask you to go back to your seats for a minute. Not yet? Not yet? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would like you to stay right here for just a minute, and I want to tell you about something that's getting, going to happen very soon in Ms. Robin's life. So the work of religious professionals, as you may know, and by religious professionals, I mean any of us who earn a living in service of religious institutions. That work is often all-consuming in its scope of responsibilities, in its schedule, in its emotional labor. And therefore, for us to be able to sustain that work, those who do the work need some occasional sabbatical time Time for extended rest, for study, for reflection, some spaciousness for expanded insight and discernment, maybe more than one weekend in a row without work <laughs> commitments. These sabbaticals for the religious professionals also benefit the institution. They allow time for reflection and spaciousness among all of us. And they are a reminder that any congregation's identity should not be too wrapped up in a singular leader's personality or style. So this is why I will be taking sabbatical next spring. It's why Michael had a sabbatical last year. And it's why beginning next week, Miss Robin will be on sabbatical for four months. Yeah. These sabbaticals were and are and will be good for all of us in the congregation. They are their own sort of faith development, in fact. So today, as Robin enters her last week with us before her sabbatical, I want to invite you to join me in taking a moment to offer her a blessing. And we're going to do this in the spirit of the way Miss Robin blesses our backpacks at the beginning of the year. So I'm going to invite you, Robin, to position yourself in whatever way you need to, to accept all of the love and blessings that are getting ready to come your way. And I'm going to invite all of you, as Miss Robin looks out over all of these people of all ages whom you serve, as you see their love and their gratitude, will you call out words of blessing? And I'm going to repeat some of what I hear so everybody can hear it. And she is going to catch it and hold it with her for her sabbatical. 
So what do you down front wish for Miss Robin on her sabbatical that starts next week? Peacefulness. Peacefulness. What joy? What? Happiness. New adventures. New adventures. Rest. Challenge. Knowledge. Knowledge. We Fun. Those of you on Zoom, we want your blessings too. We're not going to unmute you though. So will you put them in the chat so that we have them as a written record to give to Miss Robin after this morning's service ends? One or two more? Family time. Great stories. And health. Yes. Thank you. And Robin, I'm going to give you this gift that I've been carrying in my pocket for the last couple of days. It's a re-gift, actually, because it was given to me when I went on sabbatical seven years ago. It's a small token. Maybe you will also choose to carry it in your pocket. And it says reflect, mm -hmm. because that's my wish for your sabbatical, that you'll have time for reflection on yourself, on this life and this work, and on this beautiful, incredible, terribly imperfect world that we live in. So take all of this blessing into your being, mm. savor it, and return to us in March, refreshed and renewed and with a clearer vision for the way ahead. Thank you, everybody. Now we invite you to return to your seats. Oh, and we're going to sing. Finally. <laughs> Will you rise in body or in spirit? And we are going to sing Answering the Call of Love, hymn number 1014. <laughs>
Good morning. My name is Kelly Daniker, and I am your religious education assistant at UCC. So I wonder if you have ever wondered what kinds of text messages might go back and forth between the UUCC staff. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little inside look this morning. On October 12th, at around 6.30 p.m., your director of religious education, Robin Slaw, sent me a text that included a picture of several yards of neatly folded craft felt in multiple colors. The picture from Robin came with a text that read, quote, since I drove right by, I stopped at Joanne's. Felt was on sale. I got a yard of each of these colors, but black on top has sparkles for the universe chalice story. I replied, OMG, exclamation point. I love fresh felt, exclamation point, heart emoji. Robin and I had been talking about purchasing this felt for months during our planning process, and the day had finally come to procure it, so I know you understand my excitement. <laughs> As a person who loves all crafting materials, I confess that the picture she sent of freshly cut, neatly folded felt appealed to me on a base level. But as exciting as the felt itself was, it was the stories that I knew we were going to tell with that felt that got me really excited. You see, this year, our children are experiencing the Spirit Play curriculum, which is a Montessori-based UU curriculum that encourages independent thought, creates community, develops an underlying sense of the spiritual and of the mystery of life, and invents, invites individual play. Each, story begin, each session begins with a story about Unitarian Universalism or its values, and the story is told with a series of props, and each story begins with a circle of felt that is laid on the floor. After the story is told, the kids are invited to contemplate in their own way by choosing an activity to work on independently or with a partner. In our Spirit Play classrooms this year, we get to offer opportunities for kids to explore yoga, to play with kinetic sand, to create origami, to build with architectural blocks, to express themselves on poetry boards and engage in any number of other activities. We've noticed that yes, our younger kids are exploring, but our older kids who come down to assist us with RE are exploring as well, either on their own or as a partner to a younger child. It is in every way a spiritual space that inspires calm, invites deeper contemplation, creates community, and supports the faith development of our kids as well as mine. Faith development means a lot of different things depending on who you are and what your definition of faith is, and the definition can change over time. It can mean being intentional about connecting with your deeper self, nurturing a deeper connection with other, or working in the world to affect change. Whatever your definition of faith development is, each step in the journey begins with a spark, right? A little inspiration. And it may come in the most unlikely of places. For me, this church year, it began with felt. So what's your felt? What gets you excited? What are the things you feel most connected to? What makes you feel more connected to those around you, to your faith and your faith development? 
whatever that form takes for you. This church year, I hope you find your fresh felt. Please join me in singing our children to classes. to take a few moments now to honor the personal joys and sorrows that have been shared by those in our community this morning. It's our custom not only to give voice to these sorrows and joys, but also to share in this embodied ritual where we place a pebble honoring a single story into a communal bowl of water. We honor the ways that our lives ripple out and touch one another and are held in this collective embrace. So those of you in the sanctuary, if you'd like to honor your own sorrows and joys in silence, you may come forward during the music meditation and place your own pebbles in the water. And Robin, one final pebble. This is for all of us, all of you, and whatever you're holding right now, even without words. Will you now please join me for a few moments of reflection and prayer and silence. Holy Spirit of life, of love, may we truly know that we are held in a loving embrace. May we be encouraged, challenged, nourished, that our presence in the world might be one that brings courage and hope and love. With loving care, we hold the many among us who are grieving losses, both unexpected and sudden and surprising. We hold those who seek healing. May peace and wholeness be found in whatever form. And we celebrate with those who are filled with joy at unions and reunions and new life and long life well lived. Let us now share just a moment of quiet and stillness that we might hear our own prayers. Amen. Blessed be.
There are many theories around faith development. Often they're, they're kind of linear. You start as babies and you grow into childhood and adolescence and adulthood and we've arrived. I don't particularly like those types of theories because life is a journey that really doesn't end until death. And we don't even really know if death ends our journey or not. So my favorite theory of faith development comes from a UU educator and psychologist, Natalie Briscoe. And her model is more like a spiral. We repeat stages, which she calls dimensions. We do it as a child, and then again as an adolescent, and repeatedly as adults. Each time we spiral around, we move a little further, so the spiral gets bigger in a journey that never ends. And Briscoe started her theory with the dimension of trust. How do we feel safe and welcomed each time we come of age in a class, we start a new trust relationship. We build trust. Each new visitor that comes to UUCC is looking first to build trust with us. And then after we build trust, we start to learn stories. Our children downstairs are learning stories about Unitarian Universalism this year, all the way through our coming-of-age class that we call Quest. And each iteration that our children go through means they learn more about who we are, who we are as a people. The next dimension is community building. How do we belong? What is the work of Unitarian Universalism? We think about taking faithful risks. A fourth dimension is deconstruction. I really like that one because we get to ask questions. You all know I like to ask questions. We think about how we do religion and what words we use to talk about what we might think. For those of us who came into Unitarian Universalism as adults, we might need to also deconstruct a prior religion. If we're growing up UU and we stay as UU adults, tradition that encourages us to ask questions and think for ourselves. In dimension five, we build our personal beliefs. We deeply explore faith stories and share personal truths. We might choose to try a new spiritual practice or take new roles in the congregation or even change careers to be more consistent with our faith. The sixth dimension is about building the world we dream about. We think about how we can serve as an incarnation of love because we're the love people. As adults, we make choices in our lives, and those choices often spiral us around the faith dimension again. We move to a new location, and we spiral around, starting with trust. 
Perhaps we take a class in world religions and spiral around to learning more stories and building new communities and choosing new spiritual practices and ending or deconstructing practices that no longer support us and sustain us. And always, as people of faith, we were spiraling around to building Unitarian Universalism and the world that we dream about. I wonder, where are you currently? Are you still building trust with us? Are you learning new stories and trying new ideas? Are you refining your spiritual practices and engaging more deeply in your congregational life? Are you incarnating love on earth? I wonder, what's your next step? Because our journeys never end. What's your next step in your spiral? Each Sunday, newcomers log onto Zoom or walk through our doors to join us for a Sunday service for the first time. Some of these newcomers are familiar with Unitarian Universalism. For some, this is their first experience of our faith. For some, this is a drastically different experience from their previous religious experiences. For some, this is their first experience of attempting to connect within a spiritual community of any kind. Each newcomer that enters UUCC has a unique, complex story and set of life experiences to share. And each is looking to see if this is a place where they can be seen and known for who they are a place where they can build trust. Build trust with us as individuals, with the culture of our community, and with our Unitarian Universalist faith. In order for newcomers to start to build that trust, the critical first step in faith development, multiple meaningful moments of human connection are needed. Longtime members alike need these meaningful human interactions as trust is something that must be reaffirmed and renewed time and time again, especially since we all change, shift and grow on a daily basis. It is a meaningful and sacred experience to be able to truly connect with another. It is a meaningful experience to co-create trust with one another in one-on-one -on -one discussions, in small group settings and in larger gatherings. It is spiritually profound to be able to actively listen and to share deeply of ourselves. Listening and sharing fosters the practice of remaining open to life and to the world, to growth. Staying soft in a world that tries to harden us and keep us isolated from one another in so many ways. Each person here, not just staff members, not just current group leaders or board members, have the ability to shape this congregation by remaining open to one another. I invite us all to stay open with one another, to stay open to letting others in and allowing our interactions with fellow congregants to shift us spiritually and help us develop who we are 
and what we believe. To stay open, to stay soft, is to challenge the current cultural norm and to keep us moving toward the aspiration of building the beloved community that is so desperately needed and yet to be. Thank you, Sarah, for your virtual contribution this morning. And Robin. We're going to pause now as Michael again offers the gift of music. And we are invited in one of the many ways that we stretch ourselves to give generously to the work of this con con congregation in the world, whether you give online, via text, or in the basket in the back of the room. Thank you for your generosity as your offerings are freely given and very gratefully received. religion of my youth, faith was a three-part journey of justification, sanctification, and glorification. You may be familiar with these terms if you've spent time with the born-again flavor of Christianity. Justification describes the moment of one's salvation, the moment you suspend your disbelief and assign deity to the historical figure Jesus, the time you pray that prayer, the inner contemplation of the heart strangely warmed, your confession of sin, etc., all to avoid punishment or damnation. Sanctification is the lifelong process of growth and change that follows. In some religious expressions, sanctification demands conformity to a standard. Legalistic dress codes, rote rituals, language censoring, emotional and sexual repression, adherence to white and Western expectations of gender and manners and music and niceties and civility. 
In other religious expressions, sanctification means contemplatively and intentionally increasing one's capacity for compassion, for kindness, generosity, justice-making, and mercy-giving. It means allowing oneself to be challenged and transformed by the lessons of wisdom teachings, the inspiration of prophetic people, the power of creation, the inner voice of conscience. Sanctification literally means making something holy. I like to think of it as an aspiration to holiness, not in the free of sin or do nothing wrong sense, but in the wholeness sense, completeness, the state of being the way things ought to be, relationships and systems functioning and existing as they should. Unitarian Universalists believe in sanctification. We believe in a vision of the world as it should be, one in which our social systems affirm our collective interdependent responsibilities to each other and celebrate our individual inherent worth and dignity. And we are in the middle of the lifelong process of transforming ourselves and each other to achieve that vision. When we choose to live in congregational community, we are practicing, we are testing, we're trying out a different way of being in the world one that challenges us to think and move interdependently in contrast to the capitalistic, individualistic systems around us. When we confront white supremacy embedded in our institutional practices and assumptions, we are transforming ourselves and each other and striving toward wholeness. When our youth plan a Halloween party for the Owen Brown community that you will all attend next Sunday, they are learning, they are learning a different way of being in the world, one of shared responsibility, teamwork, and making way for someone else's great idea, a world where creativity and fun are celebrated and shared with all. When we draft and vote on an operational budget, we struggle with the tension between the world, with the world as it is, how things have always been done, a mindset of scarcity, and the world as it should be, how to reimagine our operations to better reflect the values we aspire to, liberating our minds and hearts from the supremacy of money. Everything we do here as a faith community is to give us a taste, a sample of the world we are creating. This lifelong process of creation and transformation is our call. It is our faith development. It is our sanctification. It may seem obvious to observe the power of music in helping to form, develop, and deepen one's own personal faith, but certainly doesn't hurt to articulate and reflect upon how it accomplishes that. In addition, music that we experience together on Sunday mornings helps to foster our congregation's communal faith and commitment to the goals and ends we set forth as a body of religious people who meet regularly. I ask you to consider examples of music you both hear and participate in during worship and how this music might continue to permeate your thoughts and feelings even after you've finished singing, listening, and have departed the sanctuary. Perhaps it is in singing together some of those older classic UU hymns central to the historical formation of our denomination and its values and priorities, like rank by rank again we stand from age to age as tranquil streams, it sounds along the ages, or even faith of the larger liberty, which we'll sing at the close of the service. 
ever mindful of the fact that we may choose not to continue to sing certain songs that contain patriarchal or colonialist language, or alter or substitute words that inspire a larger and more embracing culture of welcoming, like earlier when we sang answering the call of love instead of standing on the side of love. Perhaps you're more inclined, inspired by songs from our teal hymnal, Singing the Journey, newer ones written by our talented UU composers, such as Blue Boat Home, The Fire of Commitment, When Our Heart is in a Holy Place. Or perhaps you are uplifted and inspired to commit to social justice and action when we sing music of other religious traditions or songs from marginalized cultures. Perhaps your faith is deepened and intensified when we sing music about nature and our mutual commitment to our planet and the environment. Or perhaps you are most moved when the morning's recorded playlist of contemporary tunes by pop artists touches your soul and spirit in another type of way. Some of you even have your faith renewed when you experience the sound of the organ. I know because you tell me. Although I'm quite aware that for many of you, the opposite is true. That's why I choose not to subject it to you very often. And finally, I can't help but observe that the choral music of our wonderful chalice choir, when we offer, is chosen specifically to augment and inspire the wonderful themes of our Sunday morning worship, be it great masterworks of deep religious faith, like a requiem, or even a composition by an atheist composer who might express a different type of faith in their own yet equally profound way. Or maybe it's the introits and responses that we sing together, not to mention the beautiful choral anthems often written in the fevered impulses and creative moments of divine inspiration. Or choral music written as response to great pain and suffering, such as the moments we share when we hear or sing African-American spirituals. This morning, your choir offers one such example of this tradition, and we'll sing Ride the Chariot. And don't forget our reparations basket in, uh, in the back as you leave. We'd love your contributions, as always, when we sing these pieces. This piece, like many other spirituals, focuses on the glory which will await in heaven after finally transcending an earthly world of suffering, represented by the prophet Elijah's ascent into heaven by chariot. The song also functions as code for being prepared to escape at a specific time. It says, ride the chariot in the morning, Lord. Are you ready, my brother, my sister? Are you ready for the journey? I also thought it would be a fitting anthem to program uh, for Robin's sabbatical send-off, and she embarks on a religious journey of rest and time to restore and renew her passionate commitment to the initi initiatives that are most important to her own faith and responsibilities as an educator. Here's to a wonderful sabbatical journey, Robin. Your chariot awaits. Oh, yeah. 
at one of the most unsettled moments of my young adult life, with the gentle encouragement of a psychotherapist, I stepped through the doors of a Unitarian Universalist congregation and worshiped there for the first time. Prior to that day, I already had a love of church, even though that love felt confusing to me and something like betrayal in those unsettled days of my mid-20s. I knew of the comfort and belonging that such a religious community could provide. I knew of the foundational teachings that could offer a way to make sense of my relationship with the universe. I knew of the ethical and moral guidance that clergy leaders and Sunday school teachers and fellow congregants offered to one another. And on that day in my 24th year of life, I was questioning all of it. And yet I was still desperate to find again that sense of belonging, that foundation, that guidance. And in the years since then, Unitarian Universalists, the people here in UUCC and in several other UU communities before I arrived here in Columbia, have been my people who've offered that foundation and that guidance. The people whose knowledge and lived experience have been shared so that I better understand the foundational histories and theologies of this particular faith tradition. The people who invite me to get down on the floor with them and remember that my perspective on the world is not the only perspective. The people who have trusted me and one another to companion them through their heartbreak, through stunning epiphanies, through changing expressions of identity, through the final moments of breath before death. The people who create music that touches a place in me that nothing else does, who share profound spoken words, who reveal truths that I have previously stubbornly avoided about the world we live in. You've been the people who say to me, ouch, that word you just said, or that sermon you preached last week, or that story you shared, or that moment when you didn't interrupt someone else's careless and hurtful behavior, Paige, that really, really hurt me. And you know, you've allowed me to apologize, to learn, and to do better once I know better. And all of that, every single thing we do together in these relationships as UUCC, is faith development. Not only the things we're taught in classroom settings or that we hear in worship, but all of it, from crafting and play to welcoming newcomers, to being stretched by discomforting music, to widening the circle of who our parties are for and who our budgets are for, Whatever our age, however long we've been connected with UUCC, we are continually engaging in this faith development for our whole lives. 
So my wish for all of us today is that we may never stop developing a courageous, loving, justice-seeking, hopeful faith that strengthens us in a world that is profoundly greater than any singular human experience. Amen. Will you rise in body or in spirit? And we're going to sing again, this time, Faith of the Larger Liberty. prayer is help us make this church a refuge from the world by Richard Trudeau oh God of life help us make this church a refuge from the world a place where the rules are different may this be a place for example where no experience is necessary where people are encouraged to risk new things where a university administrator can try her hand at plumbing <laughs> if she wants or a plumber can help manage the finances, or a banker can teach five-year-olds. May this be a place where people always feel that their efforts have been worthwhile and their energy well spent. And may this be a place where, as in a children's baseball league, everyone gets to play. 
Oh God, help us make this church a refuge from the world, a place where the roles are different. May no one feel invisible here or feel worried about what others might be thinking of them. May no one be bored here. If a person isn't interested in what the minister is talking about today, may he or she be excited by the music or by conversation at coffee hour. May this be a place where people are touched, if not by something said, then by perhaps by something sung or by the light coming through the windows or by the sense that the people who come here support one another. May this be a place where everyone feels safe safe to follow their thoughts wherever they lead, safe to believe whatever they must, and safe to share whatever is on their minds and whatever is in their hearts. Oh God, help us make this church a refuge from the world, a place where the rules are different, a place where our wells can fill up, where we can be refreshed and renewed so that when we return to the world with our batteries recharged, we can help transform the world into a place where the rules are different. Amen. That I heard of once. 